0: And so I was sitting in the bathtub. I was contemplating drowning myself because I just wanted to die and not go to school and deal with it anymore. When I was staring at the water, I was about to go under and I heard this voice and the voice just said, "You don't want to know what's on the other side of the decision you're about to make." I got hit again spiritually and I started hearing a lot of demonic voices like you're ugly, you're rejected, God is never going to be pleased with you and I I remember like just being in my apartment crying and I heard the voice of God again. (laughs) Finally, the Lord said, Brittany, I have been beautiful in all of my glory for all of eternity. And when I was on the cross, I had become the ugliest I had ever been throughout all of eternity when I had all of your sin and your shortcomings on the cross. And when that revelation hit me, I was crying so much because it had finally hit me that God is not like men. Um, I grew up in a loving two-parent household. Um, My parents were just really big on us like being good citizens and knowing right from wrong and things like that. And so I learned like a lot of this is right, do this. Good people don't do that. The things that a parent would, you know, teach their child when they're raising their child. And so one of the things uh, that was important was knowing and believing in God. So my family um, was Catholic. And so we didn't we were Catholic, but we didn't go to church every single Sunday. We went on holidays and things like that. Um, but I did like learn a lot of the prayers that you pray, like before bed or what do you pray before you eat and things like that. And so that was pretty much what church was like growing up as a kid. There was um, an incident that happened when I was around nine years old where I was racing on my bike with a friend. And I was a super competitive kid, and she was getting ahead of me, and I wasn't having that. And so I sped up, and as I was speeding up, I realized I was gonna hit a trash can, and then there was a car coming, and I just panicked and didn't know what to do. And so somehow, in a weird way, I hit the brakes on my bike, and my bike flipped me in the street. And it flipped me really high in the air, and I landed on concrete flat on my face and hit my head. And so from there, the left side of my face was completely damaged. My mouth was completely busted. I lost my front tooth, um, and it was very serious. And so from there, I had to go through a lot of different procedures to get my face to heal and to get my mouth back together and things like that. And so when I started going back to school, the kids were calling me ugly a lot. And that really started to have an impact on me because that was at a time where I, wa- I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be accepted by the girls there. I wanted, like if there was a boy that I liked, I wanted him to like me and no one would accept me or liked me because they would all say that I was ugly. And so I legitima- legitimately started to believe that I was ugly. From there, um, I was a very depressed child and I did, it didn't impact my view of God because I didn't have a personal view of God. I just thought God was someone that I just needed to know. If if you're gonna be a good person, you need to know God. So it was still a very distant concept for me. And so I legitimately like just believed that I was ugly and that intensified when I got to middle school. And they not only called me ugly, but they would call out things about my face that was ugly. And so like that even more so validated like the belief that I was this ugly person. And so the bullying got really intense to the point where I was 13 years old and I did not want to go to school anymore. And so I was sitting in the bathtub and I was contemplating drowning myself in the bathtub because I just wanted to die and not go to school and deal with it anymore. When I was staring at the water, I was about to go under and I heard this voice. And it was an audible voice um, that I heard. And I didn't know that it was God at the time, but it definitely was. And the voice um, just said, you don't want to know what's on the other side of the decision you're about to make. Like, don't, don't do it. And so um, from there, I didn't do it. And I didn't tell anyone. I just kept it to myself. And I just kept moving forward. Uh, during this time, one of the ways that I was coping was through masturbating. And that started when I was a kid. I saw a sexual scene on TV. And from there, I started masturbating and just wasn't able to stop. And so that became like a source of comfort for me because I was able to provide that acceptance for myself that I couldn't get from anyone else. And so that was a way of coping for me throughout my teenage years. And so I kept going, but just continued with masturbating as a way to cope. And then once I got to high school, my focus was on work and trying to um, graduate and focusing on my career, my future, and things like that. At that time, I started to get even more serious about my Catholic faith. And so I was going through the process of making my confirmation as a Catholic. And with doing that, I was praying. I was um, going to the catechism classes and praying the rosary multiple times a day and things like that. And my confirmation teacher was so strict. Um, She told us like, if you curse, you're going to hell. If you have sex, you're going to hell. If you miss church, you're going to hell. Everything was, you're going to hell. And I didn't know what hell was, but I knew I didn't want to go. And so I was doing all of those things as best as I could. And so even though God was still such a distant thing from me, then I got consciousness of the fact that I need to please this being because if I don't please him, he's going to send me to hell. And so but it just seemed like he was impossible to please. But I just kept trying. And then I kept like, you know, making my parents go to church, making my brother go to church. I wanted everyone to go to church with me because I didn't want to go to hell. And I didn't want anyone that I love to go to hell either. And so That was what my teenage years looked like um, in high school. And then when I was 16, I got confirmed as a Catholic, and that's when I got my first Bible. And when I started reading it, I read it from cover to cover in probably like a month. I just could not put it down. I realized, like, as I was reading it, there were things in the Bible that God didn't like that we were doing in the Catholic Church. So then I got confused because, God would like talk about how he didn't want the Israelites to like pray to statues and you know all these different things. And so, but we were like, even though they were statues of Jesus, like they're still statues, and I started to feel weird praying to them. And so I started having those questions. So that's pretty much like what that time looked like for me while I was reading through the Bible during that month. And then there was this uh, book that was being advertised on TV and it was a um, Christian book, Christian author. It just appealed to me. And so I went ahead and got the book. And when I started reading that book, I couldn't put that book down either. <laughs> and so when I was reading it, the thing that struck me the most was that he like talked about God in such a personal way and he started like talking about how God had feelings and how He had like desires for our lives and He had a purpose for our lives and there were things that God wanted for us. And this was maybe like two or three o'clock in the morning in my bedroom at 16 years old that I'm reading this. And as I'm reading, I that same voice at 13, I recognized it at 16. And that same voice said like, I'm here and I want a relationship with you. Mm. And it was nothing for me to say yes to Jesus in that moment because like, as I was reading, like he started to reveal to me how all the nights I cried myself to sleep, he was right there crying with me. Like all of the hardships and the things that I went through as a kid, he was right there with me all along. Like that bike accident that I had, I'm still here because of him. And so like, the fact that like god introduced himself to me in such a personal and relatable way that's what drove me to say yes to him in that moment
1: mm. now now brittany before you move on from there now this is a this is a pretty uh, it's a pivotal point in your life and it's absolutely incredible that you are hearing from god mm-hmm. yourself um Can you talk to us a little bit more about that of like, what was your reaction, you know, Um, as you're hearing the voice of God, as this new opportunity for relationship with him in this new way, uh, different from just a being to please, Mm -hmm. right? What was that like for you in that moment? Do you remember?
0: I felt seen. I felt seen. And I felt like just so cared about because a lot of the things that I was struggling with, like my friends would go, oh, everybody goes through that. Or, you know, people get sad, everyone gets sad. Or like if I would talk to teachers, they'd be like, oh, you know, it's a a teenager thing. You know, like, and I just felt like no one really understood like the depths of what I was really feeling. Hmm. And so for God to reach me in such a personal way like that, it just made me feel so seen. And the fact that God was like so considerate that he would speak to me in a way that he knew I would recognize because I recognized that same voice from when I was 13. So it's like he kept showing up in this personal but consistent kind of way that would let me know that it really was him.
1: Hmm. Wow. How how was your life uh, affected and and transformed? Like what happened after that moment? How did your relationship with God change? Um,
0: it changed drastically. Um, at that point, it wasn't just me trying to do anything that I could to get his approval. I just wanted to know more of who he was at that point. It became less about being Catholic and more of just wanting to walk with this person and know who he was. I was just very curious at that time. That's when one of my friends, she had invited me to go to this church with her, And so I would go to the Catholic church early in the morning, and I would go to church with my friend in the afternoon. And when I went to church with her, like, I just felt free because people were like singing, they were raising their hands, they were clapping. The preacher wasn't preaching about rules to follow or religion like he was just preaching from the Bible. And so that was when I started to like really get to know God for who he was and not through a religion anymore. From there, I started going to that church. I got involved with um, college ministry at the time. I had just started going to college. So I was involved with like feeding the homeless and going on mission trips and I was going to that church and so when I joined that church they I joined on a Sunday and then they called me on Wednesday and told me that I was getting baptized. And so I had no idea what, bapti- what baptism was or what it meant, but if it meant that I had to do that in order to be a member to continue doing what I was doing, I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I got baptized and um, shortly after, and I just, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, well, I'm not robbing a bank, I'm getting baptized, it can't be that bad. <laughs> and so I got baptized. And um, shortly after that, I met a guy and he wanted to have sex with me. And I told him that I was waiting until marriage. Now, at that time, I didn't have an understanding of what it meant to wait until marriage from a Christian perspective. It was just, I didn't want to have kids because I was like, I'm eating ramen noodles myself. Like, there's no way (laughs) if I was, to have a baby, like, I don't know what I would do. And so because of that, I decided to wait until marriage to have sex. And so when I told him that, he was not okay with it. He was like, I'm a man. I have needs, like, this is what we need to do. And so I told him, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not having sex, like, I'm waiting until marriage. And so we continued to date, That he started cheating on me. And it got to the point to where I knew he was cheating on me and he knew and I didn't care because at least somebody thought that I was pretty. At least I was pretty enough and I was good enough to be somebody's girlfriend because that's something I had always wanted. If I was somebody's girlfriend, then that meant someone thought that I was pretty and I had worth and value and all the things that I was looking for. And so eventually, like I had told him, I said, look, you can, just you're already cheating on me like just have sex with whoever you want to have sex with and at, at the end of the day i'm your girlfriend and so that's how that relationship was and things escalated to where we were um talking on skype one night um that was a popular thing that people were doing at the time and we had to talk on skype because i had gotten into a car accident um around that time, and he lost his car, so the only time that we could talk was on Skype. And so we were on Skype one night, and this girl walks in, and I she has this short dress on, and she walks in, and she's bending over in front of him, and he's looking at her, and they start doing all these sexual things towards each other on camera. And so I'm screaming into the computer, and it was as if nobody seen me or no one cared, and so then I hear her say, I thought you had a girlfriend, and then he looks straight into the computer and says, I don't have a girlfriend. And that completely broke me. I was very angry, and I had no way to get over there. And so at that point, like, I shut the computer off, and I called him the next day and broke up with him and just completely left that relationship alone. And at that time, like, I just felt Like, I just felt like I wasn't enough, and I had a lot of anger. I hated women after that, and any woman that looks like her, I especially hated her. And I started comparing myself to other women a lot. I didn't feel like I was enough, and everybody else was prettier than me. I felt like the ugliest person, and so, like, it got worse after that. Mm Um so after that happened I continued to be involved with like Bible study I continued to be involved with serving to get my mind off of things and so
1: And were you sharing any of that with the, like your community at church?
0: No. Like that relationship was a secret because I knew that they were like they were Christians and they wouldn't be okay with it and rightly so. But I didn't open the door to have that accountability because I was embarrassed. Mm. And so I would be serving and going to Bible study and like doing all of these things. But then like I had this secret relationship on the side that I was involved in. Wow. So I was living a very like a compromised lifestyle, um, but I felt like that was the only option that I had because I didn't feel like anyone else would accept me. Like him wanting me, I felt like was the closest I was ever going to get to somebody being that attracted enough to want to be with me. Shortly um, after all of that, I ended up moving to a different city and then um, from there, I got connected with a larger group of believers, and it just seemed like marriage was such a huge deal amongst Christians, and it was definitely something that I wanted. Like, I wanted to be somebody's wife. I wanted to be wanted. I wanted a man to see me as beautiful, and I wanted him to desire me. And so I thought, okay, I know things didn't work out the last time, but maybe if I really get involved in ministry and really stay focused, God will bless me with a husband just like he's blessed like many of these other Christians around here. And so from there, like I was, I was doing the same things, got plugged into a Bible study, was involved in ministry, mission trips. Um, I was going to some very remote places of the world and sharing the gospel and experiencing God. There was um one girl, she had a twisted ankle on the beach, and I prayed for her ankle and it was healed. Like there were so many amazing things that I was experiencing. And yet, like, I just felt like, okay, like if I continue in this, I know for sure that God is going to lead one of his sons to pursue me, like one of these Christian guys are going to want to be with me. And so as I'm serving, there's a guy at a Bible study that I meet, and we get into a relationship. And I thought that relationship was it. Like he became my world. That relationship became my world. Um, But I started to get really insecure because like, there were just things about the relationship that just didn't sit right with me. And I just started to feel insecure about whether or not he truly accepted me and wanted to be with me. And so I had this thought that maybe I need to start watching porn to get more knowledge of how to be more sexual so that he won't want anyone else. I felt like I had to compete with all of these other girls that I was seeing. And so I started watching porn. And when I started watching it, it wasn't pleasurable. It wasn't something that like I wanted to do. Like I got hooked on porn because I kept comparing myself to the women in those videos. The more I watched porn, the more it like just affirmed to me that I wasn't enough and that I really was ugly. Like I was still stuck in that because I looked nothing like the women in those videos. And so it just made my insecure go even deeper, but I didn't even realize it. I was just hooked on watching porn. And so not too much after that, the relationship ended. And when the relationship ended, that was really tough for me because he left me for a girl that was going to the same church. And this was a small church, so it was obvious what was going on. And this was somebody who, when it came time for prayer, she was on the prayer ministry, and I would go up to her for prayer on Sundays. And so I was really hurt that He left me for her, and things at that church started to fall apart. And so at that point, I just decided to strip myself of everything, and I wanted nothing to do with God because I felt like, yes, God loves me. I'm still alive, I'm still breathing. Like, yes, He loves me as a human being, but He doesn't like me. There's no way that God would like me as His daughter. Like, He allowed me to be in a relationship with one of His sons, but I felt like, I felt like He replaced me with another one of His daughters because I wasn't good enough. Because of that, I decided to leave that church. Things were falling apart anyway. And then I decided to like disengage and just detach myself from all of the ministries, all of the organizations, everything that ever had anything to do with me following Jesus, I just left all of it. Wow! And so from that point, I spent a good seven years just living life on my own terms and doing my own thing. And one of the big things that crept in from that was me wanting to be in control because I felt like I could not trust God to be in control of my life because He was gonna cause me to go through more trauma. And so from there, I needed to be in control. So that's when I started doing my own thing. I got involved with um, yoga. I was doing a lot of yoga. I was going to doing readings, um, astrology, all of those things. Um, And I was just consulting all of those things because I felt like it was safer. And I felt like it was a safer way for me to have control of my life. And so along with that, I was still masturbating. I was still watching porn and comparing myself to the women in those videos. But then the difference became... That I kept watching porn during that time because I said, you know what? I know I don't look like the women in these videos, but I'm going to look like the women in these videos. And then I know that I know that I'm going to get a husband. I'm going to get a man. I started, um, exercising a lot to lose weight. And the more weight I lost, the less clothes I wore. I was going to the club. I was drinking a lot. And like, I was just striving so hard to be the type of woman that I just felt like these men were actually going for. And like there would be times I would be on social media and there would be pastors' names that I knew who like they would like these pictures from like OnlyFans pages and stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, so guys inside of the church and outside of the church want a woman like this. So this is what I need to look like. This is who I need to become. And so I lived my life pursuing that and i lost a lot of weight um and i started changing my hair i started changing the way that i dressed and i was like finding my confidence in those things from there like there was a guy that i had met through a dating app and i knew that that was my opportunity and i felt like you know what like, I have a man now, and I was able to pull one because now I'm starting to resemble, like, these women in the way that I dress and in the way that I carry myself and things like that. And so I got involved with this guy, and he he really attached himself to me a lot, and he was requiring a lot of me as far as, like, talking on the phone for multiple upon multiple hours of the day and wanting to know where I was and what I was doing. If I didn't answer the phone, he would call me over and over again. And he um, it was just a lot. But I felt like I needed to do all of that because I was afraid that if I didn't, he would leave me. Mm -hmm. And so I would do everything that I could to keep this guy. And at that time, I was even starting to contemplate having sex with him because I was like, well, look, I just, I didn't care about God. I didn't care about living as a Christian anymore. So at that point, I said, well, you know what? Like, if we come around to the holidays and meet each other's families and everything is good, then I'm going to sleep with this guy because this is who I'm going to be with anyway. When it came time around, this was around November, right before the holidays, he left me. And I was so depressed during that time because I felt like once again, I wasn't enough. I tried to do everything to please this person and he still left me. And I became very depressed, I became very angry, and I just started to latch on to people. And when I say latch onto people, like anyone that came across my life and they were nice to me, I would latch on to them because i wasn't ready to turn to god and i still didn't want to i still didn't trust him and i still wanted to be in control of my life and so i started to latch on to people who i thought were good people because that was the closest i could get to clinging to god at the time and so the people that i was latching on to like they started to have questions because they're like why why are you so I guess, I don't know, needy or clingy would be the word, um, but I just always had to have people around me. And I just always had to be talking to somebody, no matter what time of day it was or anything. Like I just needed to be around people. And it got to a point to where like people started to back away from me and I started to feel alone. And that was also around the time that my grandmother had passed away. And then two weeks after my grandmother's funeral, a close friend of mine committed suicide. And so I was very depressed, and which led me to want to lean on people even more. So like people were basically becoming God in my life, and I was doing everything that I could to please people. And I just wanted people around me, and I was just expecting, a lot from people that you really should be expecting from God, but I didn't want to, because I didn't feel like He cared about me like that anyway. I was just going in that cycle, and one night, like, I tried calling, and no one would answer the phone, and I was just alone in my apartment, staring at the wall day in and day out. And then um, the same voice I heard at 16, I heard it in my 30s, and that same voice came to me and said, what happens if you don't give up? What happens if you keep going? And so from there, um, I decided to get in contact with a guy that I knew from one of the Christian organizations that I used to be a part of. And so I said, you know, I was like, if there's anybody that's probably going to encourage me or at least like push me or point me in the right direction, it'll probably be this person. And so I reached out and from being connected with him through social media, he had posted this video of this pastor. And this pastor was like really open about his addiction to porn, about low self-esteem and low self-worth. And as I was watching, I thought, you know, if God did it for him, like I'm sure God can do it for me too. And so I found out where um, this pastor was preaching at and I decided to go and spend the summer in that city. And so while I was there, I was going to church, I was exercising, I was doing everything that I could because it was pretty much survival mode at that point because I hit a point where I was like, there's no more being in the middle. You're either gonna go in the direction of like continuing with life, or you are literally going to die if you go in the other direction. So which one? And so I was just, it was, and for me, it was an attempt to like fight for my life, so to speak. And so that's what I was doing. And the more that I was um, going to that church, I was hearing those sermons, being loved on, by the people there, which was huge for me because I had a lot of PTSD from my previous church. There were a lot of times where I was just like in church, like just looking around thinking that I was going to see my ex and his new wife. Um, And I'm in a completely different city, but for whatever reason, I still had that fear. And I struggled with that for a while, and they supported me and loved me through that. And so I kept going to this church, but I just I didn't realize that there were things that I was still holding on to from living such a lukewarm lifestyle. And so even though I was back like going to church, I still wanted to be in control of my life. And so there were like these quote unquote prophets online that you could reach out to and things like that. And so I was still like contacting these prophets like trying to get prophecy because I felt like maybe that's like the Christian version of like doing the readings and things like that. And so I was like still doing those things. And I started to feel real convicted when we were going um, through a series at church about going deeper in God. And the more I started like like really paying attention to these sermons, the more it just became clear that it was all or nothing, all or nothing and while we were going through um the series i remember reading this book called clean and the book was all about a closer walk with god and so as i was reading that book um god spoke to me and it was it wasn't from outside of myself like the other times it was more so like just this feeling from the inside and It was just this feeling of commitment that i felt from the lord like the lord saying like i am committed to you and so from that feeling i just really felt like i should get baptized and even though i had already been baptized once i just did it because that's what they told me to do and i just wanted to please god but this time i really felt a sense of commitment from the lord and so I went ahead and got baptized after receiving that revelation. And after I got baptized, I got hit again spiritually, and I started hearing um, a lot of demonic voices, like, you're ugly, you're rejected, you never recovered from that bike accident you had, um, God is never gonna be pleased with you. And every time, like, something would happen with a person, whether it was things were going great with everybody or there was, you know, relational conflict or whatever going on. Like, I felt like God was okay with me one moment and not okay with me the next. And so I was really struggling. And I remember like just being in my apartment crying and I heard the voice of God again. <laughs> um, and he spoke to me and he was like, Brittany, like, I am not like man. I'm not like man. I'm consistent in your life." And for some reason, like, it just couldn't click to me. And so, like, the more that I sat there and I heard that I was like, yeah, but, you know, one minute is one thing, one minute is the next. And so finally, the Lord said, Brittany, He was like, I have been beautiful in all of my glory for all of eternity. And when I was on the cross, I had become the ugliest I had ever been throughout all of eternity when I had all of your sin and your shortcomings on the cross. I became the ugliest I had ever been for you. And when that revelation hit me, I was crying. I was crying so much because it had finally hit me that god is not like man so even though i had experienced like rejection from christians rejection from the church people um like treating me like i was less than or like comments of people saying like oh it's a good thing that you know he left you for her because she's a better fit for him and all of these different things that people in the church said to me all of those things that they said that really like linked themselves onto me, like all these different chains, they fell off when I realized that God was not like man. And then I experienced even more freedom when I came across the verse that said that the approval of man is like a snare. And so at that point I said, okay, like it needs to be me and God again at the end of the day. And so that's when I really and truly experienced freedom because no one could throw a wrench in my relationship with God anymore because he's not like man. And so that was the biggest thing for me. And so since I've had like that turnaround, it's really become um, a huge blessing in my life because now like. I can have healthy platonic friendships, and I'm not worried about being someone's girlfriend or wife in order to be considered worthy or beautiful. Now I have those healthy platonic friendships. Now like when I see a woman who's beautiful, I'm not feeling inferior to her anymore. Like I can go up to her and tell her that she's beautiful. And all of those things didn't start to happen until like I stopped masturbating and watching porn. And that like, I started to come out of that more and more when I realized what it was costing me because I had like stopped doing those things for one day. And I was like, okay, like I'll try for one day. And like one day of not masturbating and watching porn led to another day and another day, and the further that I got away from it, that's when I realized what it was costing me. So me comparing myself to other women, that was from watching porn. When I would have a boyfriend, but I could find somebody else who would be more suitable for him than me, and I would just be waiting for the day that he would leave me for her, like, that came from watching porn like all of the um, selfishness that I was dealing with, all of the anxiety and like clinging to all these different people, all, all of that was coming from porn and masturbation. But I didn't know it when I was in it. It wasn't until I got out and then looked in hindsight that I realized where those things were coming from. And so getting away from those things and like walking with the Lord, like really freed me. And it also helped me to see that God has never been in the way of me getting a husband. Like, because that was one of the things that was keeping me from him. I was like, well, clearly I'm too Christian. No man wants to be with the woman that loves Jesus that much. <laughs> and so like just coming out of that lie and really and truly like living for Jesus helps me to have healthier relationships, especially with my brothers in Christ, healthier relationships with women and being able to be a light to people and being able to see my beauty, being able to be at peace and to be content with God and with His will for my life. And so I'm just thankful for God to be back in control of my life because it's better. It's better for Him to open and close doors. It's better for Him to connect me or disconnect me because He really knows what's best for me.
1: Currently, right now, what is God saying to you today? What is He speaking to you today?
0: Today, God has been speaking to me about everything that He has freely given me because over the course of my life, I had been striving to obtain beauty, obtain worth, obtain value, like get all of these things. And I felt like I could never get it because the standard will constantly change. And the thing that God has been speaking to me is that Brittany, like all of these things have already been freely given to you. I died for your acceptance before God. It's all been purchased already. So you need acceptance is purchased. You need worth is purchased. Your beauty is purchased. Your value is purchased. It's all already yours. So now the question is, what are you going to do with it? So it's not a matter of striving. You all—it's already freely given. You already—you never had to strive for it. It's all yours. It's purchased. So what are you? What? What are you going to do with this now?
1: Yeah. I'm interested in what your response is to that. If that's what he's speaking to you, like, what is your response to that as, what are you going to do with that?
0: My response to that now is to walk in such a way where I am looking like Jesus. I no longer have a desire to look like those women in those porn videos. I have a desire to look like Jesus, regardless of how it's perceived. It looks like reaching out to people and loving on people and praying for people it looks like me actually serving and meeting people where they are, regardless of how dark and how dirty it is, because that's what Jesus did for me.
1: Yeah, amen. And are you in accountability? Do you have people around you now, uh, as opposed to where you were at some point where you know it was a little bit uh, tough for you to reach out to people?
0: Yes, I have a lot of accountability. I have a beautiful um, circle of believers in my life. And I love it because they were all very instrumental in my growth, whether, they, some, whether somebody gave me a couch to sleep on, cooked me a meal, um, had food sent to my house. If I was on the phone and just didn't have words, would sit on the phone with me in silence for sometimes hours just so that someone would be there, um, pushing me to read my Bible for myself. That was a huge thing, because at the end of the day, you can latch on to people and make them gods, but it's not going to stand. It's not going to last. So like just being around people who pushed me to open that book up for myself um, has been a tremendous blessing for me.
1: Brittany, who is Jesus to you?
0: Jesus is my Lord. Um, You know, when I was 16 and I said yes to a personal relationship with Him, He was my savior and I can recall many times where he really came through for me as a savior. But recently for the first time in my life, I can really and truly say that I have surrendered to this man as my Lord. Like he is my Lord, he leads me, he guides me and who I am in him is the security and the full identity of who I really and truly am and just knowing that I don't have to compromise that for anything or anyone. Um, He's a keeper. I'm 32 years old, and I'm still a virgin. And it's not by my own doing. Like, there were times where I would be in bed with a guy, and he would go, I'm sorry, I just can't do this. Um, There was another time where I came close to um, having sex with a guy, and he said, I don't know what this feeling is in the room, but I'm sorry, we can't do this. Um, There are times where I didn't have a car and I would have to walk to go to class. And I remember a time where I was walking and there was a guy in a car and he screamed at me and he said, hey, you ready for a ride? And then when I turned around, his face like dropped and he went, oh, and he just like was terrified and drove away. To this day, I have no idea what he saw when I turned around. But I believe that it was God, like walking with me and keeping me through all of those times.
1: Brittany, for for the women, and you know, and I and I won't exclude uh, even men. And we just say, just for the people who are watching that um, have struggled with with the accepting themselves and uh, seeing themselves as beautiful and as worthy. Um, and are relating to to that same struggle that you have gone through in these last couple of years. Um, with everything that God has shown you now and how He is bringing you closer to Him as a daughter of, of God, uh, what is a word of encouragement? Could you give a word of encouragement to those who are watching right now who are currently in that place?
0: Yes. Um, know that everything that you are wanting, the worth, the value— the acceptance for someone to embrace you, for you to belong to somebody, you already have it. So don't be deceived by the enemy. Don't be deceived even by people that you need to get to a certain place in order to have it. You already have it. It's yours. It was purchased already. There's nothing more for you to do to get it. It's all about what you're going to do with the richness and the fullness of what Jesus already died for you to have. And to know to not let anything get in the way of your relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, His character is consistent towards you. And that's something that I did not believe about Him. Like, I thought if people approved of me, He approved of me. If people didn't accept me for whatever reason, He didn't accept me. And it's just not true. Like, there are different times where, like, we may have different, like, clouds in our lives and things that overshadow our view of God. But at the end of the day, His character is so consistent. That even if there are clouds, it's still there. Even if it might like feel dark, his character is still there shining the same. So whatever those clouds represent in your life that is blocking your view of God's heart and character towards you, like to begin to pray and like just ask God to move those clouds out of the way so that you can see the consistency of the goodness of his character that has been shining on you and that has been pointed in your direction this whole time because it has never changed and it's never moved.
1: Amen. Um, Brittany, do you have any last words for the people who are watching your testimony right now?
0: Yes, um, open the book because I know that church hurt is real. I have had some of the most hurtful things said to me by people who claim to be Christians. And so I like even if you if there's no one for you to connect with or if you just can't bring yourself to step step foot in a church, get the Bible and just open it for yourself and he himself will meet you there. Let nothing get in the way because He did something really special for you. And He wants you to really take a hold of what it is that He's done. He's personally chosen you and He loves you. And there's so much that He did for you that's far beyond what anyone else could ever do. It's far beyond what you can do for yourself. So if you're able to get connected with the body of believers, beautiful. But even if you are alone in your room in the dark call out to him yourself get the book and just open it yourself so that you can see for yourself who this man really is and from there you will not be the same we can hear it from other christians we can hear it from pastors we can hear it from family and all of that is great but when you actually say who is this person like for real, and you call out to him and you get that book and just open it for yourself and get to know him for yourself, you will not feel alone. You will not be left alone. Like he will meet you where you are.
1: Brittany, could you pray for those who are watching and are ready to either receive Jesus into their life, make him uh, their Lord and Savior, and for the people who are maybe hearing your testimony and are ready to rededicate their life to Him and are ready to stop leaving a lukewarm Christian life. Could you just pray for those who are watching right now?
0: Yes, Um, Lord, I wanna pray. I wanna pray for the men, women, um, young ladies, young men, boys, girls, whoever may be watching this, Lord, I want to take the time to lift them up to you. And I just pray, God, that you would meet them right where they are. Whatever has happened in their lives to cause their view of you to be blocked to be overshadowed i just pray god that you would speak to them with the clarity that you have spoken to me i pray god that you would somehow provide them with the bible lord so that they can open that thing and they can read it and really and truly know you for who you really and truly are outside of what anyone else has to say god i pray lord that you would restore and reaffirm their identity, that they may begin to see who they really and truly are, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that you would free them free them, Lord, from pornography, from masturbation, um, from fornication, from just um, trying to find their identity and approval in sex. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would free them from alcohol. I pray that you would free them from drugs and all of their vices and all of the things that they turn to, because even though, Lord, it may be a sense of um, clearing your mind or a sense of peace, it's only temporary until they're back down the same hole again. And so I just pray, God, that you would free them from those things. I pray that you would reach them where they are. I pray, Lord God, that nothing would get in the way of them seeing what you did for them and who you truly are for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Hey, everybody. I hope the new testimony has blessed you, has encouraged you. Just wanted to let you know that if you are in need of help, that we have people that are ready to speak with you. So down in the description box below in the comment section. uh, If you're watching from YouTube, if you're listening from our podcast, just look for the link that says talk to someone who cares, click on that, fill out the form and somebody will get in contact with you locally. Now, this is only available to people in the U.S. right now, but we are working to get resources for our international viewers and listeners. But for right now, if you are in the U.S. and you need help, you need to talk with somebody, please fill out that form and somebody will reach out to you. God bless you, and we'll see you on the next testimony.